This is Framed, a podcast where a group of friends get together once a week to talk about movies, what we liked about them, what we didn't like, and how they're made. I'm Elliot. I'm Robert. I'm Phil. And I'm Brennan. On today's episode of Framed, we will be discussing Tokyo Godfathers. Um, we've got myself, Brennan, and Elliot today. Hello. Um, yeah, so I've never even heard of this movie before. Uh, how did you hear about it, Brennan? Um, I have a really good friend of mine that I worked with told me it was his favorite Christmas movie. Um, I was originally going to pick something else. It was between this and the other one. And since he said that, he suggested this, I just went with it. Cool. Yeah, I guess this does count as a Christmas movie. Um, I didn't think about it that way until you said that. This takes place at Christmas, so... Yeah. It counts. <laughs> um, yeah, so what did you think of Tokyo Godfathers? So, Tokyo Godfathers um, it had a very good storyline. Um, there was some highs and some lows about it it was very it would speed up at random places and then slow down like within seconds Mm -hmm. animation was kind of weird but there was decent character development I guess there were some that was there were some characters that were pointless in my opinion Um, but overall it wasn't it wasn't too bad what about yourself um, yeah, I kind of, uh, it's kind of similar opinion, I guess. Um, so at the end of the day, I did really enjoy this story. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns in this and, um, I, I was pretty impressed with how, how often the plot was surprising me with stuff. Agreed. Uh, st- stuff happening, but, um, it was kind of a double-edged sword, uh, which we'll get into later when we start talking about coincidences. Oh, them coincidences. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree that I, I wasn't a huge fan of the animation style. Um, so last week we did uh, Perfect Blue, which was uh, done hand-drawn, uh, not digital, as far as I could tell. Um, this very much looked like an early digital sort of movie. Like, I think this came out in... 2003 or something like that so digital had really only been around for a few years so the the animation was kind of jerky um like it would um just be like really fast looking at times and then at other times it would um some of it almost looked like it was uh rotoscoped had a rotoscope look to it like I'm, i'm trying to think of other movies that do this but but they would like film live actors and then and then paint animation on top of them. Yeah, it kind of did. So the animation uh, was kind of weird overall. I, I don't know. Maybe that was what they were going for, but uh, didn't work for me. Um, yeah, the story was good. Uh, hmm. I, I'm kind of drawing a blank on what the soundtrack was like. There wasn't a whole lot. I don't yeah. think. Like, there's a little bit to it, but um, 
I, I don't remember thinking anything about the music one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, it kind of like it was just like the under. It was kind of just in the background. Yeah. Didn't really grab you. Like in Perfect Blue, the the music played a, a a big part in the plot, but in this it was just kind of in the background, I guess. Um. Yeah. So overall, I I liked it. Um. I. I don't know that I'm going to be watching this again anytime soon, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. <clears throat> um, do you want to summarize the plot? Yes. This movie was about these three homeless people. We have, how did we decide, Gin? Gin? Gin, I think is how Gein. we decided to say his name. Um, a middle-aged alcoholic man. Um, we have Hannah who is a trans woman and former drag queen. And then we have a runaway girl, Miyuki. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three of them discover this abandoned newborn baby when they're looking through the garbage for food, books, just stuff to live on. Um, Mm -hmm. They pretty much are, at the beginning are wanting to decide if they're keeping the baby, turn into the police, what they're doing. The next day, they go on this journey to find this baby's parents. And then yes. we can go from there. They named And then craziness ensues. Yeah. The baby, they named the baby Kyoko. Mm-hmm. Um, Which means pure child. Yes. I think. Which is sort of a play on on the fact that um, the fact that this is a Christmas story. Yeah. Uh, because it starts with them in a church, um, and it's uh, they're singing Silent Night. The name was based on the Japanese translation of Silent Night, literally meaning pure child. Ah. And this movie takes place between Christmas Eve and seems like it goes through New Year's, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it takes place over several days as they sort of snake their way through Tokyo trying to find the baby's parents, which I appreciated. Um, th- the fact that they spread it out over several days, I, I felt like that gave it a, um, a dimension of realism. Yeah. That was actually probably one of the most realistic aspects of the plot. <laughs> Cause Tokyo is a, a freaking big city. And if you're going to try to track down baby's parents, that, would, that that'd be a pretty big undertaking. Yeah. And by what I understood from what you're, cause I've never been, there but by what you said you were pointing out all these places you had seen so they were using realistic places as well yeah so there were at least two spots that i i noticed in this the the first was shinjuku park um i actually know that more from from digimon because there's the um the the government building near the park oh yeah yep 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 yep. two towers i remember that thing so they went there oh i didn't even put that together until you just said that yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, so it's a real building that you can uh, you can go look at. So, you know, th- that is one of the fun things about going to Japan is side story is that You took uh, a picture with that. You guys took a picture with that, didn't you? Mhm. Yep. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, there's so many animes that are based on real life locations. Yeah. Going to Japan is sort of like, oh, it's that place from my favorite anime, you know. Yeah. Um so anyway, uh, they went there, and then they also went to Tokyo Tower, which is like a um, replica of the Eiffel Tower yes. in Tokyo, which is uh, kind of a, a it's a fun place to go. I'd recommend it if any of you get a chance to go to Japan. 
Um, yeah, so a lot of real locations, um, which I, I thought that that kind of gave it a, a more, uh, gave the plot a bit more realism. You know, it, it made it a bit more grounded, I guess. <clears throat> the, the same can't be said for other aspects of the plot, which I'm, I'm just going to jump right into it here. Yeah. One of the big things that um according to the wikipedia article for this movie one of the big themes of this movie is coincidences and um if you listen to previous episodes of this podcast this is something that um is is like a pet peeve of of myself and robert's you know movies that um use coincidences too much um, especially if it's convenient for the main characters um so this movie has i thought a higher than normal quantity of, of coincidences in it where the three main homeless uh, people just happen to bump into the right people at the right time. Continuously. Um, in order to, yeah, continuously in order to advance the plot. Not just, you know, random strangers that they've never met before, but also people from their pasts that they just happen to bump Run into. Run into, like, constantly. So, Gein runs into... His daughter? Yes, in which... Um, she... So there's that... Ra- going to coincidences and stuff, that random... Um, car or truck that blew into the <laughs> oh, store. Yeah, right. I know this is probably getting us a little out of order, but... Um, yeah, so in there's turn... a scene where... You, yeah, can I, can oh, I yes. give context? Go ahead. Yeah, so there's a scene about two-thirds of the way into the movie where they're hanging out outside a convenience store, and out of nowhere, this giant truck just plows into the front of the convenience store, and Hana, who's standing nearby, just kind of collapses, uh, which... Which then, in turn, has them at this hospital where, coincidentally, Gein's daughter works. Yes, Right, so it was like a very um, convenient uh, sort of plot device, I guess, if if you could call it that. It was just like a really random thing that happens in the middle of the movie. They don't even make a big deal out of it. It's just this truck crashes into the store and they just sort of move on from it, which, oh, oh, okay. Um, Yeah, and then... um, The random gang fight thing. Yeah, well... I don't know. The other one didn't bother me as much because um, when they go to the mafia wedding, like you could imagine um, with, you know, mafia and like gang wars and stuff that they could have conceivably just been at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's true. That one didn't bother me as much because um, I don't think you were on this episode, Brennan, where um, Robert and I sort of like hashed out why certain coincidences are are good and certain ones aren't um in general like audiences seem to do better with coincidences that aren't convenient for the main characters so if there's a coincidence that causes them like a setback or something it or makes things harder for them it, it's easier to swallow than like something good happening to the main character yeah like handing out it's basically handing things out on a solar platter like here yeah it exactly is. exactly yeah um so I, I didn't really get the impression that there needed to be this many coincidences no, in order like, to get the story across. Yeah, like in hindsight, I do, as much as we were talking about um, the truck and him, the daughter working there, 
I think mm-hmm. that was somewhat of a good coincidence in the fact of he's telling us that his daughter and wife are dead and then comes out he says his his wife's dead and his daughter's still alive out there but he doesn't know and then runs yeah in. so we learn about Gein's character because we learned that he was lying about his past yeah so i felt like that was a good coincidence which then puts but then there was what was another coincidence that was kind of really really out there so changing tracks for a second um when i saw the trailer for this uh, before we watched it um it, it it struck me that this movie is basically ice age yes except yes. <laughs> just replace the uh you know the three main characters from ice age with japanese homeless people and it's almost exactly the same plot yeah <laughs> I mean, in the long term, they don't... Do, man, it's been a while since I've seen Ice Age. Do they, are they looking for the parents in Ice Age 2, or do they just keep the baby? No, they're trying to return the baby to the parents, and, okay. and they go on an episodic right. adventure so, yeah. to return the baby. Um, there, there are no third-act twists like there are in this movie. Yes. But, um, you, you know, structurally, it's, it's pretty similar, which, I don't know... That was probably a coincidence, <laughs> since we're talking about coincidences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was funny. So yeah, we could talk about the end of the movie, I guess. Um, it was a, so. This movie is a pretty short movie. It's only about an hour long. Um, yeah. This says running. This this actually says running time ninety two minutes. Huh. It doesn't didn't seem like it was that long. But yeah, so we, you and I watched a um, like a bootleg version on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I wonder if I just had like a brain blast. What if the reason why the animation looked like it was moving so fast was because they sped it up in order to dodge YouTube's copyright checkers, and that was why it was so short too. That could be why. <laughs> so in, in our defense, we did make a best faith effort. To, to acquire this movie legally yes. um options included um you could rent it on itunes for 12 dollars if you lived in canada um the dvd is available on amazon for a, a mere 89 dollars which um, after the fact we did find out it's only 20 dollars but it was short notice yeah so i i mean there were i think there were multiple i think it was used i think there were people oh. selling it for 89 which is yeah there's yeah if you look there's like the 20 dollar one and then there's even a dvd limited edition region 2 for 131 dollars and 45 cents yeah so in this modern day and age of um streaming like it wasn't on netflix it wasn't on crunchyroll it wasn't on hulu it couldn't stream it on amazon so it was just like your only options were to track down a dvd of it yeah and we didn't get a chance to do that. So we ended up watching a really low quality version on YouTube, um, which, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, How about that miraculous gust of wind that I thought was everyone blowing up in the air? <laughs> and I thought that was awkward. And I'm glad that we went back. There, just that coincidence of that random gust of wind when it's not, it wasn't even windy out. 
that yeah so at the end of the movie um one of the was it hana or or gein that fell off the roof at the end hana it was hana because because um the fake mom kind of jumped with the baby and then uh miyuko caught her and then Jean caught her and then hana caught him Hana somehow ended up with the baby and then was free fallen. Right. So then she's like grabbing onto like this sign that's like hanging off the side of the building. And then instead of going back into free fall, she there's this random gust of wind that carries her down safely to the ground. Yes. So again, really random event that's not really addressed by any of the characters in the plot. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to watch, I'm, I'm still like grappling with this idea that we watched the whole movie and fast forward. Like, I think I would have been a bigger fan of the animation if, if we had just gotten a legit actual version of the movie. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The the (laughs) fact that we are reading the subtitles and not watching a dubbed version also like, made it where we probably well, couldn't even tell as much that i mean yeah we could tell a little bit that was choppy but since we don't really speak the language mm-hmm. um yeah well that was actually something else that struck me about this was that there were certain scenes with especially hana um her character like i was listening to the dialogue and, and i don't speak japanese um so but it sounded like she was talking really fast so i was you know, you're just like listening yeah. to these characters talk and thinking the, like, huh, these, now looking, these characters are talking really fast. Now looking back, though, um, with this thought process in our mind, there's that part where Hana sings that song from uh, Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hardly understand <laughs> what they were saying. Granted, it could be the whole... I just took it as Japanese singing in English, but if it was sped up, that would explain it. I actually took it as um, she was confused and thought it was from the sound of music, and it actually wasn't. But um, regardless, because 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 she was too. singing, I heard a couple English words in there. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we should give this one another try <laughs> with a uh, legally acquired uh, copy. Yeah. Anyway, um, getting back to it. Uh, Let's see. Was there anything else, either plot-wise or coincidence-wise, that we wanted to? So I, I actually I, I started kind of going down this path a few minutes ago, but I wanted to talk about the the twists at the end. Um, okay. I that was one part that I did really enjoy. So once they finally find the parents, the um, our group of homeless characters sort of split up into two groups. So you've got Gein kind of off doing his own thing, and then Hana and Miyuki are investigating separately so they again coincidentally they just happen to run into the mom about to uh, above the baby as he's about to jump, com- commit yeah. suicide by jumping off the bridge right so they they return the baby to her and you're thinking ah this is the end of the movie they've they've succeeded in their mission so while this is happening uh Gein finds the apartment where the husband lives and through talking to him he comes to learn that it's not even their baby in the first place they stole it from a hospital because, because their baby she, died. Their baby died, right? Which um, 
I personally thought this was a great twist because, um, definitely we're, not we're expected. Sort of, no, no, I it completely blindsided me. So like, as the homeless characters are like making their way through Tokyo and getting bits of evidence, um, they have just enough information that for for you you but you know by proxy to get misled, um, and then so when they drop the twist on you, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so. That was one part I did really enjoy. Um, yes. I wish they would have gone, done something else with... Okay, so for those of you who haven't seen this movie, um, the homeless guy, Gein, saved up all of this money for his daughter, uh, and then he ends up having to spend it on Hana when he was in the hospital. She was in the hospital. He... She, right. Gotta try to keep PC. I think that we're gonna go with she. Or yeah. um, he. Well, she. <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're so, trying to keep it PC here. Yes. Uh, go ahead. So, we have the this old homeless man guy die, but right before he dies, gives Han, or not Han, uh, gives Gene this red bag, and at the end of the movie, we see. Um, drop this red bag on the floor revealing a winning lottery ticket because the TV's on but then they don't really we don't know what happens with this granted it's one of those open ends some people probably like that they can think what they want but it kind of, it kind of ends on this open-ended optimistic note because yeah. but Gene it's gets just the winning the... lottery ticket and then um, uh, what's her name Miyuki is that yeah. her name the the girl, she she reunites with her dad. I just kind of, you would think that, because every Hana reunites with her adopted mom, and I'm sure mm-hmm. he went back to her afterwards. Miyuki got back with her parents. Um, right. Then you have Gein, who kind of starts making up with the daughter, and then we don't really know much. And then he has this winning lottery ticket. I just feel like that they closed all these other doors. They should have closed this last one. Since they go so in-depth with his storyline throughout the whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think that they sort of implied that it worked out for him um, to some degree, given that he got the winning lottery ticket. You know, it's like they they give you enough that you can kind of piece it together. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? Actually, oh. I just suddenly remembered another coincidence. When they go to the mafia wedding, um, it's sort of in the first third of the movie, Gein just happens to run into a um, a guy from his past. Oh, that, yep. This, yep, I think that it was, was the other that one. He, it was... he swindled out of a bunch of money. Yeah. Um. And so, again, really strange coincidence um, that you would just happen to run into this guy from your past at a mafia wedding. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's another thing that doesn't really get resolved because he's he's going to go confront him and then the shootout happens at the wedding. We kind of go in a different direction. So it's like, wh- why was this here? I they guess did, they to, did. They did say that that guy lived. Um, hmm. And then they go into talking about 
that being the guy he owes money to. And that's another thing he could have done with that winning lottery ticket is finally paid his debt. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Since he decided, since he didn't end up being the one who hurt the guy, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. This movie had too many coincidences for me. Yeah. Like, I didn't... Like, regardless of whether it was intentional and they were going for something thematic, I thought it was it was kind of distracting. Yeah. Um, what did you think about... I mean, so... Hold up. So, at the end... Because um, you really don't really... Until the very end doesn't talk about um, the godfather aspect of this. You just assume they call it that because they have this baby. What did you think about the fact that they ended up being the that the real parents ended up making them the godparents? I thought that was a nice touch at the end. Um, sort of tie it all to the title of the film. Because um, I kind of went through this movie thinking that Tokyo Godfathers referred to the uh, the Godfathers at the at the mafia wedding. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it seemed like a random title choice from that standpoint. I know. Whenever they like, whenever they showed the mafia, I really expected that kid to end up being belonging to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the movie's kind of leading you in that direction, and then like I thought the title having that be what the title actually referred to, where the homeless people become the baby's godfathers, I thought was really nice touch. So I think that was why I didn't mind the abrupt ending was because that was such a nice, you know, putting a bow on the whole thing. So yeah. Um, did you have any other thoughts on that? Nope. That's pretty much the movie. Yeah. Um, so this was, uh, I believe this was the same director as, uh, the guy who directed Perfect Blue. Correct. He um, also does, he also does Paprika, if I believe right, which is not one we were actually doing, but Phil says it's a good no, one. No, Paprika was, um, Phil recommends Paprika. That was almost in the rotation for this month, but, uh, we didn't do it. Um, so if you were to since it was the same director, if you were to put these side by side, um, of the two, which did you enjoy more? Man, that's a hard one. I mean, probably, I think I enjoy Tokyo Godfathers more. Um, Mm. there was, they both, I don't know. The other one had a better, I felt like it was, had a more artistic touch to it. Whereas this mm-hmm. one had a better storyline to it. Granted, mm-hmm. the co- the coincidence thing, like we were talking about, is kind <laughs> of too much. Yeah. But there is stuff in Perfect Blue that was a bit too much as well. So, I mean, yeah. overall, I think my personal opinion would be Tokyo Godfather. So what about you? Um, I don't know, because I was going to go with Perfect Blue, but... Um... Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like Tokyo Godfathers is a more straightforward kind of movie, which it's it's easier to recommend to, you know, random Joe on the street. Whereas Perfect Blue is kind of more of a weird puzzle box of a movie. So, yeah, it's also a lot more 
I don't know. The content is is harder to watch in Perfect Blue. So I don't know. I, I like Perfect Blue better than Tokyo Godfathers, but I, I'm more likely to watch Tokyo Godfathers a second time before I'm going to watch Perfect Blue a second time. So, yeah, um, mm, I'm going to go with Perfect Blue. At, at the end of the day, I think that's a better film. Um, but, you know, this this movie was not a bad movie. Um, I, I would recommend Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah. Um, I, in spite of its flaws, I, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, and now I'm thinking I would have enjoyed it more if we had actually gotten a, a, a legit copy of it. Yeah, so I was looking at this, and it's also the scriptwriter is the same scriptwriter for Cowboy Bebop, which is a oh. series. Um, right, right. And then this got a couple of awards, too. Oh, yeah? It got an excellence prize at the 2003 Japan Media Arts Festival mm. and it got best animation film at the 58th Minichi Film Awards. I don't know if I said mm. that right. Okay, cool. So, what would you rate this on the 1 to 10 scale and would you take it on a desert island? Uh I I would probably go with a 7 7 or an 8. Um, like apart from, you know, all the coincidences and I, I promise this is the last time I'm going <laughs> to say the word coincidence on this podcast, but apart from all that, um, I thought it was pretty solid movie. Uh, you know, the plot was pretty logical. Characters were believable. Um, I thought that, um, you know, the, the pacing was pretty good. I, I don't know. I don't really have any any other major complaints about this film. I thought it was pretty solid. What about you? Oh, I probably wouldn't take this on a desert island. Um, I think I'm content just watching this once. Um, I'd probably give it an eight. Um, eight or a nine. Um, mm. There was, like I said, I'm, I was, okay, so I'm kind of a sucker for movies like this. I don't know why, but I just... It, it hit me in some feels at times. It gave some good laughs at times. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I would take this. Um, oh yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's a good Christmas movie. Um, I was going to ask you if you're going to add this to your annual rotation of um, Christmas movies. Oh, uh, I don't. It's a possibility. I mean, if I can get a, if I end up ever getting a physical copy, probably. Um, bootlegging it probably not yeah but i mean i might actually ask for this for like christmas or something probably not i don't know but yeah i would probably put it on take it on a desert island cool all right all right so that's tokyo godfathers um next week uh is phil's pick which is five centimeters per second yes um have you seen it i have not seen it yet okay i think phil is the only one out of us who's seen it i'm looking forward to it he's he's hyped it up quite a bit he's yeah he definitely has he's talked a lot about he he's i think these are have you other than like pokemon did you on those kind of movies have you watched any other anime movies before yeah yeah I, i i've seen i mean not as much as Phil. Cool, yeah. Phil. Phil's kind of the uh, 
the anime guru, I guess, when it comes to anime, um, he's he's watched more than any of the rest of us combined. I yeah. Think. But that being said, I I have seen a, a few anime movies uh, outside of, you know, the ones that we've picked for for framed. Um, yeah. Summer Wars is one that was almost my pick. Um, it's just really, really good. Um, but I ended up going with your name. I've heard, I've heard good things about that too. Yeah. Yeah. In, in general, um, and this is really broad generalization. Um, and it might have to do with my fantasizing about Japanese culture, but I, in general, I think that Japanese films tend to be better structured. than these. So we're wrong. Next week is not five centimeters per second. The next one is your name. Uh, I, I think or did we, we switch switched it around? It, though we switched it around, I think Phil was advocating. He was, he was going to that, be. That's right. He said he might not be able to make it to the. Didn't he say something about school scheduling or something? Yeah, and he's he was also saying, and I, I'm just going to have to take his word for it on this, but um, uh. He was saying that five centimeters per second thematically goes before your name. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm, I don't think the films are, are connected in any way, but he was just saying that the themes, I, I guess that they were made by the same studio. He, so he was saying that the story ideas that are started in five centimeters per second, you, you know, it makes more sense if you watch your name afterwards. Like it kind of completes the theme started in five centimeters per second. Oh, okay. So that's why we switched it around. Um, so... Five centimeters per second is next week. Thank you for double checking that. No, I was just looking at our list of stuff because I was looking. Yeah. I was looking to see where it was available to watch. Um. And then I saw that you put Crunchyroll for five centimeters per second. Yeah, so you might need to come back over to to my place to watch that one, unless you've got a, a Crunchyroll account. I do not. Okay. I don't think it's on anything else. I think we went and checked the other streaming services and couldn't find it. Okay. I'll let you know. So, okay. All right. All right. Well, since Robert's not here, I'll say it. Thanks for potting with me, Brennan. Woo. Um, we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye.